You're listening to Pixels in Flesh, an Anderson Dexter novel, written and read by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information, visit darusha.ca. Chapter 3 Dex walked out of the door of the stim joint and pointed his avatar in the direction of his virtual office in the Chandler's district. If he walked the whole way, it would take him close to an hour, and he could have linked back instantly, but walking always helped him clear his head. It didn't seem to matter whether the feet beating the streets were physical or not. As he walked past the storefronts, public art, and social spaces, Dex noted that most of the simulated buildings had a small red flower displayed somewhere, on the open sign, in a window, as graffiti. The symbol indicated that the space was protected using the system that Annabelle and others had developed to distribute the code that generated M-City among the people who inhabited the virtual world, rather than relying completely on the firms which provided the network. In recent years, the red flower had become nearly as ubiquitous as the double gold coin symbol, indicating that goods could be purchased through anonymous cash transfer. Seeing all those red flowers, a person could be forgiven for thinking that M-City was a united community. If Dex only counted the people who ran independent businesses based online, it might even be close to true. But the vast majority of M-City users were just regular folks. People who, in the physical world, held regular corporate jobs, with employer-supplied housing and other basics. Dex had been one of them once. Annabelle was still one of them. She held a high-level position, so her housing allowance was larger than most, and she earned enough on top of the benefits to supplement her food or housing rations if she wanted to. Most people weren't so fortunate, and had to make do on the basics. Since net access was an essential service, and almost every job required networked implants, going online was as easy as walking across the street. For most people, hanging out online was cheaper than socializing in the physical world. Basically, Unless you were rich, you hung out in M-City. Dex stopped paying attention to the stuff of the virtual world and looked around at the avatars, at the people. There were a lot more users in the area than he could see reflected in the various bodies on the street. His penchant for walking was unusual, but even so, he passed several other avatars moving around the old-fashioned way. Most were of the same ilk as Dex's, human-looking, attired in something the owner likely considered to be aesthetically pleasing. Of those, the vast majority were of a type that most would find attractive, though there were always a few who broke the mold. Avatars styled to look like children or old people, some clearly designed to appear intimidating or even frightening. There were also the ones which were more fantastic, animals based on real or fantasy creatures, robots, aliens, some things Dex couldn't even begin to explain. It was a typical cross-section of M-City life, as ordinary as dirt. After about fifteen minutes of introspection, Dex abandoned his walk and linked back into his office. He filed his report for Captain Larson about his little chat with the putative extortioners, suggesting that a similar conversation in the physical world by the local goon squad wouldn't go amiss. He knew that Larson would likely already be in touch with the relevant team, but it never hurt to make a complete report. It made him wonder. An amateur hour shakedown wasn't in any of the firm's usual repertoires, and he didn't really think Feathers was on anyone's payroll. But he didn't know. They could be anyone. All the avatars he'd passed on his walk were essentially anonymous. Any of them could be spying for one of the firm's or for the EverywhereNet consortium. Even if they weren't spies, 
Who was to say where someone's allegiances lay? Loyal to an employer wasn't entirely outdated, and enough people would be motivated to ensure that their meal tickets weren't revoked. Feathers was right. There might be a battle going on, but unless you knew someone well, there was no way to be sure which side they would be on. Dex was spared having to think about this too hard by the bleeding of his telephone. The sound was uniquely annoying, but he loved it. He loved all the subtle touches of anachronism that Annabelle had put into the instantiation of his office. Each time Dex looked out the window at the simulated view, whenever he heard his chair creak when he leaned back, and every time the phone rang, he was reminded of how much Annabelle loved him. This is Dex, go, he said roughly into the black handset. He might be full of warm thoughts about Annabelle, but that didn't affect his professional demeanor. Anderson Dexter, the silky smooth voice at the other end of the line said. Why is it that I have not seen your face in, well, it seems like an age? Be a genie, Dex grinned and lost his professional surliness. Surely you aren't tired of your latest sweetheart already. That sweetheart's plural, I'll have you know. And of course not. But there is something to be said for spending time with the one person alive immune to my charms. Dex laughed. Nearly everything Rene Biagini said was an exaggeration at best. Well, probably not the plural sweethearts. But Rene and Dex were close only in a platonic way. And notwithstanding Biagini's inability to avoid flirtation, both intended to keep it that way. Biagini would have been happy to add a professional element. He was Zahara Zhang's local counterpart. But when Dex was transferred to Larson's unit, Biagini had to accept that it was not to be. It was yet another area over which the two men bonded. Dex flipped through the files in his inbox. His report to Larson complete, the only thing left on his plate was Zuzu's mystery inheritance, and he was still mulling it over. He knew his method was inefficient, but his years of experience told him that there was no point to diving in without a plan. His mind needed to chew over a tough case, his subconscious performing its background machinations before he could get started. I suppose I could be induced into taking a break. Lunch at La Retro? Dex grimaced. Since moving in with Annabelle, he'd become much more cognizant of the amount of money he spent on physical world luxuries. He'd been at the cafe only the previous day, and felt guilty about returning again so soon. How about the Plaza by Liberté? he suggested instead. Save a few pennies? Sure, Biagini said. See you there in thirty minutes? Dex grunted his assent and broke the connection. It really had been a while since he'd caught up with René. He wondered why that might be. Dex spiraled down to the ground floor and walked out into the bright afternoon sun. He squinted against the light and saw that he'd beaten his friend to the park. It wasn't terribly surprising since it was literally outside his front door. As usual, there were more people relaxing on the benches and lawn here than there had been avatars in Dex's Zuber's walk, but only a few more. Early evening tended to see much more use of the community space, with groups of Dex's neighbors playing games, sharing meals, or even holding impromptu concerts. Dex sometimes joined them on his cheap mandolin, but he realized that he couldn't remember the last time that had happened either. What was up with him? Had he somehow reverted to his old, unhealthy loner behavior? He certainly didn't feel like he used to back in the bad old days. Are you online? Biagini's voice startled Dex, but he recovered quickly and the two shared a warm embrace. Why did you think I was online? Dex asked as they disengaged and sat on a nearby bench. You had the thousand-meter stare. Biagini said. Dex nodded. Thinking. 
Hmm, an interesting case, I presume. Yes and no, Dex said. I do have an interesting case, but that's not what's on my mind. Oh, Biagini's left eyebrow shot up, but he didn't elaborate any further. It was a method of inquiry which worked surprisingly well. Renee, tell me something. Have I been... Do I seem... Dex trailed off, and Biagini did the eyebrow trick again. Dex laughed. It just occurred to me that I haven't been doing a lot of the things I used to do. You know, for fun. I don't remember the last time I came down here to jam with Zeke and Nomi. Chemical Celeste hasn't played a gig in months. And it has been an age since you and I got together. He made finger quotes around Renee's odd turn of phrase. Dex looked across the plaza, at one small group of people exercising together, another trio having a picnic on the grass. Have I gone back to being a lonely, sad sack cliché? Do you feel lonely? Biagini asked after a short pause. Do you feel sad? Not at all. Quite the opposite. But I didn't see it coming when it happened before. What if I'm regressing and I just can't tell? Rene thought for a moment, then a slight smile tugged at the corner of his mouth. About how long do you think it's been? he asked, roughly speaking. Dex did the mental arithmetic. I guess the last time I came down for a music night was... Shit, it must be nearly six months ago. And did anything else happen around then? Any significant changes? Well, that was around when Annabelle and I moved in to get... Biagini laughed and put his arm around Dex, whose mouth was hanging open. You are nesting, mon ami. Making a home sweet home with your lady love. It is exactly to be expected. But... Biagini's grip on Dex's shoulder increased slightly. It is not to last forever. We must do more of this, you and I, and it is probably about time to perpetrate one of your evenings of caterwauling noise as well. Can I expect to see you in the audience, old friend? Dex asked, laughing. Biagini gave his head a curt shake. This is not an emergency situation. Not yet. You are fine. Just don't get too comfortable, will you? Miss Annabelle must be willing to share you with the rest of us, at least a little. Are you two taking my name in vain? Dex turned around to see Annabelle coming toward them, a smirk on her face. Never, Biagini said with mock outrage. I was just reminding your paramour here that there is a whole world beyond your boudoir. A pink flush tinted Annabelle's cheeks, but she said, You are terrible, Rene Biagini. If I thought it were possible, I'd say you're a bad influence. Hard as it may be to imagine, Dex said. It's quite the opposite. Well, after all this praise, I best leave before I become an incorrigible egoist. Biagini stood and opened his arms. Dex walked into the embrace, saying, More incorrigible, you mean? The two of you deserve each other, Annabelle said, turning to head toward the building. See you in a few minutes. Dex nodded and watched her walk away. I don't deserve her, he said once Annabelle was out of earshot. And what a wonder it is, Biagini said with a wistful smile, that she disagrees. The warm feeling spreading through Dex's chest chilled as the unmistakable sound of an explosion shattered the peaceful calm of the Mediterranean evening. You've been listening to Pixels and Flesh by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information about this and the other Anderson Dexter books, visit darusha.ca. Thanks for listening.